Okay, today's daf is Kiddushin daf Mem Vav. We left off on daf Mem Hey, Mvez actually stopped at a pretty bad point. I said it was a good st- place to stop. It wasn't really. Uh, we're continuing to discuss the inyanim of Kiddushin Ketana. If a man is Mekadishin Ketana and she accepts the Kiddushin, the only thing is a Ketana cannot accept Kiddushin unless her father approves of it. So it's Shalol Ledas So our, we started to discuss yesterday if a Ketana accepts Kiddushin Shalol Ledas and her father is, I'm sorry, Ketana accepts with her father's consent, and then the Nisuin happens, but her father's out of town. We don't know if the father approves of the Nisuin or not, so we had a machlokas about that. That was the last thing we discussed yesterday. Today we're going to move on to discuss if the Katana accepts Kiddushin, again, and the Nisuin happens, and the father's in town. So how do we view that? Is that better or is that worse than if the father's out of town? Do we assume that that's more of a chance of being a good Kiddushin or less of a chance of being a good Kiddushin? Then the Gemara is going to talk about on Daphim and Baba if Katana took Kiddushin without her father's das, can she back out of that Kiddushin, or is it only her father who can back out of the Kiddushin? Then in the Mishnah, in the middle of Mem Vav Amaral, we're going to have three different halachos about being Makadesh with multiple items, and multiple, multiple acts of Kiddushin, and whether the, each item itself, whether a single individual item has to be worth the Shavaprut in order for the Kiddushin to be chal, or only in total all of the items that are given have to be worth the Shavaprut. The Gemara is going to talk about, there are three cases in the Mishnah, we're going to talk about whether the third case in the Mishnah goes back on case number two, or it goes back on case number one, and we're going to draw three halachic conclusions from one of those approaches in the Mishnah. And then on Ahmed Bey's, we're going to talk about what happens to the money if someone is Mekadesh with an invalid Kiddushan. Let's say a person goes to his sister and gives her money, says, her Mekadeshesli with Bekes of Zoo. So what happens to that money? Does it belong to the sister, or does that money go back? And the Gemara is going to compare this to a person who's Mafresh Chala in an invalid Way. Does the Kohen get to keep the Afrash uh, Chala if it was an invalid Afrash Chala, or does that have to go back? Is it considered Gezel Biyad, Biyad Kohen? And the Gemara is going to have two questions on the Mishnah in Mesechas Chala, which does in fact consider it Gezel Biyad Kohen. So that's a little bit of the lay of the land of today's daf. Let's begin where we left off, which is about 12 lines before the end of the page. Nitzkad Shaladas, Venise Shaladas, at the beginning of the line on Mem Heim Nebez. Nitzkad Shaladas, so what if you have a girl who accepts Kiddushin Ladas of you with her father's consent, but then Venise says, the Nisuin happens, Shaloladas, without her father's knowledge, Vavia Khan, but it's not that her father's out of town, her father's right here the whole time, he's just not saying anything. Do we assume that this Nisuin is approved of by the father or not? So Rafuna Amar Eina Ochalas, Rafuna says she cannot eat Ruma that belongs to her husband if her husband is a Kohen. We do not assume the father's consent to this Nisuin. Rabbi Yerim Baraba Amar Ochelos. Rabbi Yerim Baraba says, we do assume the father's consent to this Nisuin and therefore she may eat her husband's truma. So the Gemara explains each opinion. Rafuna Amar Eina Ochelos. Rafuna would say she may not eat the truma. Vafilu Rabda Amar Ochelos. Even Rav who holds in general that uh, when the father is out of town that she may eat the truma. Hasumudulo Ise La'av. That's only 
because the father's not around. But over here where the father is around and he's not saying mazel tov, he's not saying hooray, he's not saying yes, he's just sitting there quietly. Why does a person sit there quietly when such a major life cycle event in his child's life happens without him being consulted? The fact that he's being quiet is because he is stewing, he is angry, and that's why he's not saying anything, and therefore we can assume that he does not approve. You cannot, when he's out of town, maybe you could assume he approves. But if he's here and he's not saying anything, you can assume he does not approve. But Rabbi Yirmi Baraba Amar Ocheles, Rabbi Yirmi Baraba says, no, he can, he, she can eat truma. Even Rav Asi who said that when the father's out of town, we assume he would not approve if he's in town and he didn't say anything, then we assume he does approve. Why? The reason why when he was out of town she's not allowed to eat truma is that we always have to be concerned the father might come back into town, say, what went on over here while I was gone? How could my daughter have had me soon while I was gone? I object, and it will turn out that she was eating truma like we learned yesterday, that she was eating truma as uh, someone who's not a Kohen eating truma, and it would be terrible. But over here, there's no concern that the father's going to come and object. The fact that he hasn't said anything shows that he must be okay with it. If he would have objected, if he wanted to object, he had every opportunity. He was right here. He could have objected if he was really interested in objecting. So that is the further machlokas. If the Kiddushin was Ladasavia, the Nisu and Shalol Ladasavia, but the father was in town, the father was actually here. Niskadsha, Vaitra in the Gemara, about five lines from the end of the page. Niskadsha Shalol Ladasavia, Venises Shalol Ladasavia. If the Kiddushin happened without the Das of the father and the Nisuin happened without the Das of the father, meaning nothing was with the father's approval. So intuitively, one would imagine, well, if nothing, that's got to be no good, right? That if nothing was with the Das of the father, that's got to be much worse. Kan Ravuna Amar Ocheles. Ravuna says she can eat truma. That we assume that she's properly married. That the, even the nisuin is good. Rabbi Yirmiyah Amar Eino Ocheles. And Rabbi Yirmiyah disagrees with Ravuna. He says Eino Ocheles. Amar Ula Had Ravuna. Ravuna's comment. Ravuna's statement that she's allowed to eat truma. That we view this as a proper marriage. It's like vinegar on the teeth and smoke in the eyes. If you ever had vinegar on your teeth or smoke in your eyes, they are not pleasant. Meaning. Ravuna's point, Ravuna's point is so difficult to understand, we have to reject it. That's the comment of uh, Ula. Hashto Mahasam, and he explains himself why it's so difficult to accept Ravuna's psak. Hashto Mahasam to Kiddushi Daraisa, Amrit Achla. When she had a Kiddushin Midaraisa, where the father had approved of the Kiddushin, and it was only a suffix about the Nisu, and we don't know, does he approve, doesn't he approve, we say that she cannot eat Ruma. Over here where the father wasn't even aware of the Kiddushin to begin with. All the more so, she should not be able to eat truma. And therefore, because it's so difficult to explain, this Shita of Ravuna, Nirindivrei Talmud. It seems that we should paskin like his Talmud. We should paskin like Rabbi Yirmiya, who is the Talmud of Ravuna. Amar Rava, my time at Ravuna. So Rava says it's it's easy to just uh, dismiss Ravuna, but what's what's his logic? Meaning Ravuna had to have an explanation for why he would say that when both the Kiddushin and the Nisun are done, Shalol Das Avia, and the girl is a Katana, she's nine years old, you're going to go and let her eat Truma? 
The explanation of Rav Huna is that since the Kiddushin and the Nisun happened without the Das of the Father, so you're acting as if the Father's Das doesn't matter. If the Father saw that you did everything without his Das, Kiddushin and Nisun, and you're completely ignoring him, and uh, he doesn't say anything, and he doesn't make a macha, so then obviously, Shtika Kahuda'a. There's only so much a person will take and sit and stew before he gets to the point where he explodes. So maybe that Kiddushin Ladas, at least he was consulted on the Kiddushin, and then the Nisun Shalom Ladas, it angers him, but he's not going to say anything. So maybe he's angry about it and doesn't approve, but he's not going to say anything. But if he was really angry about both the Kiddushin and the Nisun happening Shalom Ladas, he would have said something. The fact that he didn't say anything must mean that it's Nikolai. Now it's interesting that we identify Rabbi Yirmiya over here as a Talmud of Rav Huna. Tosos notes that it doesn't seem that that's the assumption throughout all of Shas. The Gemara Masechus Brachos implies that Yirm Baraba was a Talmud Chaver of, uh, of, of Rav. And that, that would not make him a Talmud of Rav Huna because Rav Huna was a Talmud of Rav. So if Rabbi Yirmiya was a Talmud Chaver of Rav, then it doesn't make sense that he would be a Talmud of, of Rav Huna. Just the, the very definition of Talmud Chaver is, uh, is a Machlokas Rishonim, how to understand Talmud Chaver. Uh, Tosos um, suggests uh, the, uh, Rashi writes in uh, in Masechah Zerivin that a Talmud Chaver is someone who's a Chacham Kamoso El Shalom and Menu Davar Echad Yoser someone who's as great a Chacham as the Rebbe but at some point he had learned something from him so he considers him to be his Rebbe the Rambam in Hilchas Talmud Torah Perakei Halachates writes that if you learn Rov Chachmaso that's called Rabo Mufak if you learn most of your Chachma from a given Rebbe that's why many hold that nowadays there's no din of a of a of a of a Rabo Mufak anymore because no one learns Rov Chachmasa from a Rebbe. We learn most of our Chachma from Svarim. So it's, uh, the Rebbe teaches you how to read those Svarim and how to analyze those, those Svarim, but most of our Chachma comes from Svarim. That's why Rav Salvechik, um, Rav Salvechik was Makbid uh, at times for uh, what Rechaim Velazhner writes in Rechaim that, uh, that it, when it says that a Talmud al-Yorah b'makom rav that a Talmud shnat paskana halacha in front of his Rebbe without consulting the Rebbe that he would always look in the Sefer first even if he knew the answer he'd always look in the Sefer first because the Sefer has a din of, uh, of Rabba Mufak but that's a Rebbe Mufak but Ramam defines a Talmud Chaver is if he didn't learn Rav Chachmaso but he learned something from him so that's <coughs> That's, that's a Talmud Chaver. Merik says, no, Talmud Chaver is that someone who starts out as a Talmud, and then, Baruch Hashem, the Talmud develops, and he grows in his learning, and he gets to the point where he's as big or bigger than the Rebbe. So if he begins, even though it's, he started out, I have many Talmudim like that, that started out as uh, high school kids, and then they grew into really great Talmudim Chachamim. So they're as big or bigger than the Rebbe, so then they become a Talmud Chaver. They're not considered a uh, Talmud anymore. But be that as it may, Tosa says, we see from the Gemara Masechus Brach, that Rabbi Yirmiya was a Talmud Chaver of Rav. How do we see that he was a Talmud Chaver of Rav? How's it mashma that way in Masechah's Brachos? Because the Gemara over there says that Rav would daven Shabbos davening on Erev Shabbos, meaning he would start Shabbos early. He would make an early Shabbos. So he would daven the Mariv, the Friday night Mariv, when it was still light outside on Friday afternoon. And Rabbi Yirmiya Barabba would said to him, Mi badalt, meaning did you stop doing Malacha when you did this? When you did this to Shabbos, is it only for the Tefillah that you would 
doing it, or did you actually stop doing malacha? So Rav said, in Badilna, yeah, I stopped doing malacha. But if you're addressing a Rebbe, you don't say, me Badalt. You don't say, did you stop doing malacha? He would have said, me Badil Mar. You speak in third person to a Rebbe, so if it, it's an indication that he wasn't a Rebbe. So that's questionable whether speaking in third person is still a thing that we should be doing nowadays. In certain languages, it's considered Bederach Kavot. So in, uh, in Hebrew, it's considered Bederach Kavot. In Yiddish, it's considered Bederach Kavot. In English, like people don't really refer to uh, honorable people that way. You don't uh, go to the President of the United States with the President like, it's, would you like this, Mr. President? It's not, uh, you don't speak in third person. It just sounds funny to speak in third person. Rav didn't like when we talked to him in third person. He, he thought it sounded funny. He would like, and especially one, one guy in Shia, I remember, used to refer to Rav Shechter as the Rav, which was very confusing because the Rav was Rav Salvechik. So he would say, what, did the Rav, what does the Rav think about this? And he said, I never asked the Rav about that. It was very, very confusing. <laughs> so, uh, so, okay, so the so Tosos wonders, how could it be that Rabbi Yirmah is considered a Talmud of Rav over here? Tosos says it has to be. Tosos says a lot of places in shots like this, that there were two Rabbi Yirmah Whenever Tosos says a problem like that, that it seems that uh, there's a generation problem. That how could this person be in that generation? He's supposed to be in that generation. Tosos always says, there are multiple people by the same name, so, uh, so it's not a, not, not a problem at all. Okay. So which is the one that is- Oh, the one that that Afkumi be midrasha was that Rabbi Yirmiyah Barab or just Rabbi Yirmiyah? That, I think it was just Rabbi Yirmiyah. That was in the Gemara tells us in the second parakel Masechus Basra that uh, that a bird that can't yet fly will hop up until 50 amos away from its nest but if it's more than 50 amos away from its nest it couldn't have hopped there it must have been dropped by a passerby so Rabbi Yirmiya asked the Shailah in the second paragraph of Basra what if he has one foot on one side of the 50 amos line and the other foot on the other side of the 50 amos line so the Gemara says Al-da they threw him out of the base Medrash for asking such a question that he would ask these annoying questions that would, uh, so apparently it wasn't because it was an annoying question it was that he was, he was questioning the uh, the here the Chacham, saying, really, there's a difference between 50 amos and 50 amos and an inch? Come on, there's no way that the bird could hop 50 amos, but can't hop 50 amos and an inch. And that they threw him out of the base medrash. Kol shiurei Chachamim Kenu. But I think that was Rabbi Yirmi. I don't think it was Rabbi Yirmi Bar Abba. I don't think we identified who his father was in that, uh, in that Kamara. I could be wrong. I haven't seen it in a while. But, uh, but that's, that, 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 I think, is the... Uh, <laughs> may not be Rabbi Yirmi Baraba at all. Okay, two dots now. Itmar. Ketana shin skadsha shlola dasavia. If you have a ketana that accepts kedushin, shlola dasavia, without her father's consent, amarav beinhi beinavia yicholun la'akev. She or her father could back out of the kiddushin. She could be ma'akiv the kiddushin. Ravasi amar avia velohi. Ravasi says no. Only the father has the rights to say he's not interested in this kiddushin. She's already accepted it, and her das doesn't really matter anyway. Only the father can say he's not interested. If the father accepts and says he is interested, even though she may change her mind, it's irrelevant. And some say it was Chiyabaravas and Ravasi. Pasuk, when it talks about a man being mefata, a girl, a man seducing a young girl, if the father refuses to allow her to marry this man, so uh, he has to pay a certain knas. So only Ella Avia. I only see that the father has the right of refusal. He atzma minayin. How do I know that she too can refuse it? It says sounds like anyone could refuse it, even she could refuse it. And the the Gemara assumes the pasuk is talking about a man is mefata a girl l'shem ishus. 
meaning he has beer with her, he's Mekadesh Ketana without the Das of the father. So he's trying to be Mekadesh with that beer. And the Torah tells us that the daughter also has the right of refusal. And she could say, I'm not interested in this Kiddushin. So isn't that a Kash on Ravasi who says that only the father has the right to refuse the Kiddushin? So the, they said, no, don't follow the. Uh, the a, 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 the, they, they said to Rav said to Ravuna, his Talmud, and to Chia, his son, don't follow this uh, this raya because the raya is wrong. It's incorrect. We could very simply answer the case in the Torah is not where a man is mafata a girl where he's seducing the girl for the sake of ishus. He's doing ishus. He's being mafata the girl. Stam. He's just trying to have beer with her. Has nothing to do with l'shem kiddushin. So says Mar Pita Shalol Shemishus Krabai. But if it was Shalol Shemishus, do you need a pasuk to tell me that they can refuse the marriage? The the beer wasn't l'shem kiddushin at all. How could she be mekudeshes? Oh, of course she's not mekudeshes. You need a pasuk to tell me that they could refuse marriage from this man. So I'm Rav Nachum Yitzchak Lomar Shemeshalim Knas Kemafuta. Knows to teach me that when it's Shalol Shemishus, still he pays the knas. If that's the case, what well, we learned, that she requires a kiddushin if she's going to marry him. This is a raya that it must have been because if it was you wouldn't need a further kiddushin. The kiddushin was already done. Now, what it means when it says kiddushin, it might have been that it is l'shemishus. When it says that you need a maisa kiddushin, it means that the Kiddushin now has to be done uh, that it has to be done with the approval of the, uh, of the father now Tosos points out that the father when, when we say that Bain he, Bain that either one could be Ma'akiv the Kiddushin Tosos asks how could the father be Ma'akiv the Kiddushin be Mavatalit the Gemara had said previously on Daphne Mdalan and Beis that Rav and Shmuel say that Rechoshesh that Nisratza Av and therefore she needs get and miyun. That we're choshish, that maybe the father really approves. And because of that, she's going to need both a get and a miyun. So how can we say over here that the father can uh, be ma'akiv the kedushin be mevatel it after the fact so the Gemara so Tos explains that over there we're talking about where the father heard about it and didn't say anything so we don't know what his reaction is over here he's, he makes a, a macha over here he beferish uh, says that I disapprove of this so once he's megaladas he doesn't want the kedushin then everyone would hold even Rabin Shmuel would hold that uh, you know, that, that the kedushin is not going to happen without the uh, without, without the, the approval of the father but the difficult part to understand is, how does the daughter's disapproval make any difference? Meaning, we have this machlokas. Does the daughter's disapproval matter or not? But what's the pshat? Why would you understand that the daughter's disapproval does matter? She's a katana. The katana has no das. Anything she says or does in Kiddushin is totally irrelevant. So how can we say that her disapproval is going to make a difference? So this is a discussion in the Rishonim. Tosos over here in Dibra Maschel Bain, he explains that since um, the, uh, the, the father doesn't know about this Kiddushin when it's happening and the reason the Kiddushin will be Chal without the father's knowledge the only reason to assume the Kiddushin might be Chal is based on Zachal Nadim Shalom B'fanav so uh, when the daughter is not Nisratza it's an Anan Sahadi that it's not a Zuchus for the father meaning the whole reason this Kiddushin might be, chal, might be Chal even though the father has no idea what's going on is because we make a natural assumption that he's happy to marry off his daughter that he doesn't want to have to go through the anxiety of Shiduchim with his daughter he's happy to marry off 
to marry off his daughter. But it's an Anan Saadi that if the girl is screaming, I don't want this, I'm not, I'm not interested in it, that it's not a zechus for the father. That we're not going to say that the father's actually proving. So it's not really the girl's das that matters. It's the father's das that matters. But the girl's expression of uh, her opinion is going to be Megala, what the father's das really is. That's how Tosas understands. The Ra'ah understands a little differently. He says, so long as the father hasn't weighed in on, on the matter, the Kiddushin is Tuli Neva'omdim. It's sort of hanging in the balance. We don't really know whether there is or is not a Kiddushin over here. So it's, in, in the meantime, the, the Ra'ah calls it, it's not like a Maisa Kiddushin, it's, it's Begeder Dibur. That there is this Dibur, there is this statement of a desire for Kiddushin, and it's sort of hovering and we're waiting to see what's going to be with this, uh, with this Kiddushin. Whenever we have something that's Begeder Dibur, we have a cloud of Asi Dibor Umavatel Dibor. The daughter can say a Dibor to be Mavatel the Kiddushin, meaning her Das. Is, uh, das is, 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 is important when we're dealing with a Maisa. But over here, there is no Maisa yet. It's all together Dibur. So uh, her, da, her, her Das is another Dibur that could be Mavatel, the original Dibur. That's how the Ra'a understands. Okay, let's see Vaiter in the, uh, the, the mission. How much time do you give it to weigh in? Until he shows up, I assume. Till he comes out, I mean, we're assuming if he's out of town, or till he's uh, till someone presents it to him. It's always an interesting question. Like, what? What? The Gemara doesn't give it time. The Gemara doesn't say. Um, you have, for example, in the sugya of Ger Katan, where we say Higdili Limchas. That if the child grows up, he can make a machal and say, "Doesn't." So how much time do you give him? So the Gemara there says, "Kimishig Achas," that that he has the opportunity to make a machal, but once once he has Achas. So even that's a machlok in poskim. Over there, the Gemara does give it time. It says shahachas. How, how long is the shahachas? Mori uh, Rabbi Shaft thought it was a couple of weeks. That he, it can't be that you just say, okay, right now, you want to be a Jew or not be a Jew? Uh, uh, yes. You know, it, it can't be that a life decision is made like just in mamish or shahachas. It has to be that you give him a couple of weeks, something to, uh, to think about it. But unclear, unclear exactly how long you give for such major life decisions. You give to think about it before he decides whether he wants to make a macha or not. Okay, says the Mishnah. Ha'omali Isha. The Mishnah is going to have three halachos. Halacha number one. Ha'omali Isha, a guy says to a woman, I want you to be me with this date, and then he gives her another one, and Hiskachili with this one, and Hiskachili with this one. They only need one Maisa Kiddushin. So what's he doing over here? Is he trying to say, I want you to be Mugdash to me with all of these dates that I'm giving you one after the other? Or is he trying to say, I want you to be Mugdash to me with whichever one of these works? If any of these actually works for Kiddushin, then I want that to be good. So the halach is im yesh pa'achas me'en shom pruta mukadeshes ve'en la'avinu mukadeshes. He means the, the latter the, the latter way that we said it, that that, uh, that it, whichever one of these works, and therefore only if one of them is actually worth a shavaprutu is the kedushin going to be chal. But if none of them individually are worth a shavaprutu, even if altogether they're worth a shavaprutu, there is no kedushin because he's trying to be mekadisher with one of them. But if he says in this second halach on the mission, if he says bazu bazu bazu, I want you to be mekadish to me with this and with this and with this, and just gives her one after the other. But he does. He doesn't say a separate Lashem Kiddushin for each one. He just says, I want you to be Mugadashas to me with this and with this and with this. Im Yeshavapruta Bekula. And then if all together they're worth a Shavapruta, Mikudashas. Then she's Mikudashas. And if all together they're still not worth a Shavapruta, she's not Mikudashas. Halacha number three in the Mishnah. Haisa Ochelas Rishona Rishona. Now, if, she, if you give her one after the other and she eats the first one before you give her the second one, and then you give her another one, she eats the second one before you give her the third one. 
Then for sure you need one of them to be worth a Shavar Pruta on its own. You cannot combine the different things he's giving her if she never held more than one in her hand at a time because she's, she's constantly been eating them. So then you for sure need it to be worth a Shavar Pruta. The Gemara is going to discuss, is that halacha going back on case number one of the Mishnah where he said a separate Lashon of Kiddushin for each one or is it going back on case number two of the Mishnah where it was one Lashon of Kiddushin for all of them. We'll see that discussion momentarily. Says Gemara, man tan is kachi is kachi. Who's the tan of our mission that assumes that if you say multiple lashonos of kiddushin, you're trying to assume, to 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 do separate acts of kiddushin, and therefore one of them has to be worth a shavapruta? We're assuming like the opinion of Rabbi Shimon when it comes to shuas Pikadon, when it comes to the case of a shomer who's been asked to guard something, and then he denies ever having it, and he swears to it, and it turns out that he's lying. So how many shvuz is he chayiv if five different people said, where's my pikadon? And he said, I take a shvuz, then I don't have a pikadon for, uh, that belongs to any of you. How many different times is he chayiv? So we're assuming like Rabbi Shimon, that if he says a lashon shvuz, separate in every one of them, then he's chayiv five shvuz. But short of that, if he doesn't say a separate lashon shvuz to each of them, he's only chayiv for one shvuz pikadon. That's our Mishnah as well. Our Mishnah, only if he says a separate Lashon Kiddushin to each and every one of them it are, do we view it as separate Maisim Kiddushin but if he doesn't say a separate Lashon of Kiddushin to each of them to, in, with each Nasina then we view it as one big Maisim Kiddushin so the Gemara makes a clear parallel between our case the case of Kiddushin the Lashonos when used for Kiddushin and the case of, uh, of Pikado so the Ran writes therefore since the Mishnah our Stam Mishnah Follows Rabbi Shimon, even though it's a machlokas in the Darim and it's a machlo- I'm sorry, it's a machlokas in Bamatsia. In in the Darim, it's it's no machlokas either. In, in Darim, we also have a Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Shimon. In Masech Shvuos, rather, it's a machlokas Tanaim. So it's a Stam v'acharkach machlokas. Normally, when you have a Stam v'acharkach machlokas, because Masech Shvuos is later, so normally when you have a Stam v'acharkach machlokas, the Allah is not like a Stam Mishnah necessarily, because what we assume Rabbi did is he wrote the Stam Mishnah and then another sheet another opinion came to his attention so he included it in a later Mishnah if you have a, a, a machlokas stam, we pass them like the stam because we assume what Rebbe did when he organized the Mishnahis was he had a machlokas he taught the machlokas and then in a later Mishnah he came to a conclusion like one opinion so he just made a stam Mishnah like that opinion but if here you have a stam v'acharkach machloka, so the halacha should not necessarily be like the stam. Nevertheless, the Ran writes over here, the halacha is like the stam Mishnah um, over here. Why is the halacha like the stam Mishnah over here? Because the Amorayim over here uh, say that the Mishnah is going like Rabbi Shimon, so it must be halacha kamoso. And we're making a point of saying that the Mishnah is following uh, Shittas Rabbi Shimon, meaning that we're making a point of saying that there was already a machlokas when our Mishnah was taught, and Rabbi Shimon's opinion prevailed in formulating our Mishnah, so the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon. That's how the Ran, the Ran writes. The challenging thing over here is the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchus Ishus paskin straight like our Mishnah. The Rambam in the fifth part of Hilchus Ishus says exactly like our, like our Mishnah. 
And when it comes to carbon shvu and hilchas shvus, parak zayin yud, and hilchas nedarim, parak dalit alachi yud alif, he does not pass on like Rabbi Shimon. He pass on like Rabbi Yehuda. So our Gemara says our Mishnah is going like Rabbi Shimon. The Raman paskins like our Mishnah, and then the Raman goes ahead and doesn't paskin like Rabbi Shimon. So Tosri Azakin says that he has no idea what in the world the Raman is talking about. How could the Raman go against the Gemara? So Kesemishnah suggests that the Raman holds that since the Mishnah over here is a stam like Rabbi Shimon. And in Shavuos, it's a Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Shimon. So it must be that Rebbe accepted the sheet of Rabbi Shimon, at least when it comes to Kiddushin. But when it comes to Shavuos, he listed as Machlokas, maybe Rebbe didn't accept the sheet of Rabbi Shimon when it comes to Shavuos. So all the other Acharim say, but you can't say that, because the Gemara says that, that our Mishnah is going like Rabbi Shimon. So the, the Gemara says that it's the same Machlokas, and that our Mishnah is following Rabbi Shimon. So very, very difficult to understand the Shittas Ramam. So all the Achronim get in on the act and trying to figure out how the Ramam is going to deal with our Gemara. Okay, let's see Vaitra in the Gemara now. We had this third case in the Mishnah, Bazu, 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 imyesh pekulan shavapruta. That if uh, that if he says, I want you to be, the case number two in the mission was he says, I want you to be makadesh uh, to me with this and with this and with this and with this. So only if they're all together with the shavapruta, she makadeshes. But then the third case in the Mishnah was uh, where she eats one before the next one comes to her. She eats one date before she gets the second date. So he said, then for sure you need a single date to be worth the shavapruta. Aheya. Which case of the Mishnah is case number three going on? Is it going on case number one, where he says a separate Lash of Kedushin for each day? Or is it going on case number two, where he says one big Lash of Kedushin for everything? If it's going on the Reisha, why do you need to say that she's Ocheles? Even if she'd set it aside, you would need one of them to be worth the Shavapruta. Because after all, in case number one, he's saying a separate Lash of Kedushin for each of them, so obviously Obviously, you need one of them to be worth a pruta. Ella, rather, the Gemara must be. The Gemara says asefa. It must be that case number three is qualifying case number two. Case number two was where he says one lashon of kiddushin for everything. So normally you don't need an individual tamar to be worth a shava pruta. But if she keeps eating them, then you need it to be worth a shava pruta. But ask the Gemara vafilu bekamaisa. And it would be good enough even if just the first one was worth a shavapruta. Vamilvihi, isn't that, isn't that, doesn't that become a loan? Because if you give it to her, you give her the first one and she eats it, she owes you that money until you clarify what that, what that first one was for. So if, if it's only at the end that you clarify that it's all the shame kiddushin. So you're being makadish b'milve. You're being makadish something that she owes you already because she ate something that belonged to you. And you're not allowed to be makadish b'milve. That's the sugi we had already. So it says in our Amr of Yochanan, Harei Shulchan, Harei Basar, Harei Sakin, Vein Lan Lechel. An expression. Here we have, we, have, uh, we, have, we have a table, we have meat, and we have a knife. But we don't have a mouth with which to eat. Meaning we have a Mishnah, we have uh, three, three comments in the Mishnah, and we have no way how to identify what the third comment is going on. The third Allah in the Mishnah, what, what to connect. So the Gemara says two approaches. Approach number one. Approach number one. Really, it's going on <coughs> the Reisha, meaning the case where you say a separate Lashon Kiddushin for each of them. I, if you say a separate Lashon Kiddushin for each of them, obviously one of them individually has to be worth a Pruto. Even if she doesn't eat it, one of them individually has to be worth a Pruto. What are we adding when we say if she eats it? The Mishnah is saying as follows. Not only if she sets it aside and she doesn't eat it, do we require one of them to actually be worth a pruta, and short of that, there is no kiddushin. 
But if she eats it, one might have thought that since she got Hana'a right away from it, so you might think that even with less than a Shavapruta, it has the value of a Shavapruta, because she got immediate Hana'a from it. Sometimes something may be worth uh, less than a Shavapruta, but to you it's worth a Pruta because you could benefit from it right now. You have to wait the five minutes to go to a store and buy something with it. The Gemara had such a Havamina earlier in the first paragraph also, that maybe if you're not giving money, you're actually giving an item that they can get Hana'a right away from, maybe that's considered that it's worth a Pruta, even though it's not worth a Pruta. So one might have thought that, that it doesn't have to actually quite be worth a Pruta because it's Mikrava and Yasa. So come on, that's what the second case is teaching us, that even if she ate it right away, it still has to be worth an actual full Pruta. It's right? Listen to what the Gemara says in Mesachus uh, Ksuvis when the Gemara talks about how I think it was uh, Marukva who used to give tzedakah secretly and, uh, and, and uh, used to do like a Tom Cheshavis. He would drop the, uh, the money at the doorstep. It wasn't food. He would drop money at the doorstep and then he'd run away so that uh, the people wouldn't see, wouldn't see him uh, giving the money. And one day his wife wanted to come with him on his, uh, on his rounds. And uh, the person who he was giving to, the Gemara says, was waiting to see who keeps dropping money by him every, uh, every week. So, uh, so he was waiting at the door to hear for the money, and then he was going to open the door, and he was going to catch the person who keeps giving him the money so he can thank him. So Marukva and his wife are there, and he drops the money. I think it was Marukva, I could be wrong about that. And he drops the money, and uh, the guy opens the door, and he's, he's, Marukva's about to be caught, so he and his wife run away. They start running, and the guy starts chasing them. And they run down an alley, and there's nowhere to go other than into a furnace with burning hot coals on the floor. But he runs in anyway. So he's in the, the furnace with the hot coals, and his wife is there, and his, uh, his feet are burning, and his wife's feet aren't burning. And she say, he says, my feet are burning. She says, put your feet on top of mine, and you know, I'm, I'm fine. And he was very upset. Why is his wife okay? What suchus and tzedakah was he lacking that he wasn't zochah to this nace? And she was zochah to the nace. And she said, no, no, my zochus of tzedakah is greater because when, when you give tzedakah, you give money. So what do people do with money? They then have to go and they have to buy things and they have to then figure it out before they get their hana. When people come to the door, I give them food. I give them hana right away. And that has greater value to them because they get hana, the, the, the gratification is immediate. So you see, there is such a concept that the, when the hana is immediate, that it has enhanced value, that it does have, uh, it does have greater value. But over here, it's just a haba. I mean, it's still not going to make it a shavu pruta for kedushin if it's not actually a shavu pruta. Okay, so that's one approach to the Mishnah. Second approach to the Mishnah, Rabbi Ami Omar, Liolama Seifa, that really we're going on the Seifa, and the case where it's all one big kedushin. Umay pruta. What does it mean when it says until one of them is worth a shavu pruta? You're right. It can, if the first one was worth a shavu pruta, it's not good because it's mekadesh b'milva. It means achei ba'achrona shavu pruta. The last one has to be worth the Shavu Pruta because that's when the Kiddushan is actually happening. Amar Rav Shmami We actually derive three halachas from Rabbi Ami. Number one, Shmami Nam Mekadosh Milva Eina Mekadoshes. That if you Mekadosh with the Milva it doesn't work. Now, second thing, Shmami Nam Mekadosh Milva Pruta Daita Pruta. If you Mekadosh with the Milva and the Pruta, the Das is on the Pruta and therefore it does work. And number three, Shmami Nam Maus Bial Machosrim. That if you give money and it was for the sake of Kiddushan but it's not able to affect the Kiddushan then the money is owed back to you then we view it as a milva, we view it as a loan that the person has to, uh, has to give it back to you because uh, you intended to give it only the shame Kiddushan if there's no Kiddushan then they owe you the money so the Gemara says on that point that's the next sugya Itmar HaMakadish HaChosa what if someone does something so crazy he's Makadish his own sister so he gives his sister money for the shame Kiddushan says HaRem 
with this money. So what's the halacha when someone does something like that? Rav Amar So obviously they're not married, but what do you do with the money? So Rav says, she's got to give the money back. He was only giving it to the Shem Kiddushin, and uh, the, there is no Kiddushin, so you got to give it back. Shmuel Shmuel says, no, the money is a matana. It's clearly a gift to her. Rav Rav says, you give the money back. Why? Adam a guy knows that there's no kiddushin for his sister, and he's giving it to her as a pikadam. So he's only giving it to her to, to watch as a pikadam. So that's why she has to return it back. Uh, well, that's a strange way to give a pikadam to your sister, right? If I if I'm uh, going somewhere and I need my sister to watch something for me, I don't say mukadeshasli. I say, can you watch this for me? So just why don't you just tell her that you're giving you're giving it to her as a pikadam? Why would he say a lashon of kiddushin? So it says more savar lo He's assuming she doesn't want to accept the respect. If he says that he's giving it to her as a pikadon, she might not want to accept it as a as a pikadon. So, uh, so that's why he says l'shem kiddushin. Very, very strange. No, that she'll accept. She'll accept kiddushin from her brother, but she's not. Oh, he's just being funny when he gives me the kiddushin. Maybe that that's what the assumption is. So she's uh, it's more light light hearted. It's not uh, it's not a pikadon that she has responsibilities. I don't know. Shmuel savar most matana. Shmuel says no. The money that he's giving to her is a matana. Why? Adam the, the, the baseline over here is everyone knows that this is not Kiddushin. You can't have Kiddushin on your sister. The government Matana, so obviously he's trying to give her this money as a gift. The name of Matana, so why doesn't he just tell her, I'm giving it to you as a gift? So Savar Ksifala Milsa, he assumes it's going to be embarrassing for her to take it as a gift from him. So since she's going to be embarrassed to take it as a gift, uh, he's, he, he, he doesn't say that it's a gift. He says the Lashon of Kiddushin. The Makna writes that the Machlokas Ravin Shmulov here is Machlokas uh, Lishitasam. Both, both of them hold, says the Makna, that most people have a kavana when they give Kiddushin to their sister, that the money should be Pikadam. And, mo- and some people hold, the mute of people have kavana Lashem Matana. The Machlokas is the same Machlokas Rav and Shmuel had in the Sechaz Babasu Dafsadi Beis, whether Holchen B'mamon Achar Harov or Ein Holchen B'mamon Achar Harov. Do we follow majority when it comes to Mamon? According to Rav, and it, we always follow majority when it comes to money, so we hear also we follow the rove, most because most people assume it's a pikadon. According to Shmuel, and therefore it's most it's it's most matana. Why? Why does that lead you to most matana? Because she's the one that has the money, so it's That's what you do when you have a uh, suffix mamon. When you say means you treat it like a 50-50 suffix. So what do you do with a 50-50 suffix in Dinimamanus? So different areas of halacha, you have different things that you do with Sveikos. By suffix in this with a hat or suffix so then you treat it like a 50-50 suffix and a motzi mechavera lavaraya that's why she gets to uh, to keep it so uh, right. So, uh, the Rishonim discusses is Dafka Makadish Achos, or is it any time that it's obvious that the Kedushin is not going to be Chal? If it's any of the Arayos, or anyone, right, so an Ashish is also Arayos, Lechorah would be the same Machlok as the Pashas would be the same. You have to bring a Raya that it wouldn't be the same, right? Lechorah. Um, so it says more Masav Ravina Hamafresh Chalas or Kemach Enu Chala the Gezel Biad Kohen. If a person is Mafresh Chala while it's still Kemach, while it's still flower, that the Chiva Fresh Chala is only Chal Mishas Lisha. 
once you mix the flour and the water. So if it's still flour and you mafresh the challah, what we do nowadays, we don't do the, we don't give challah to a kohen. We just do the afresh, we don't do the mitzvah nesina. But the really mikra din challah is truma. Torah calls it truma. It's supposed to be given to a kohen. So if a person's mafresh challah while it's still kemach, it's not challah, and it's gezel biyat kohen. The kohen's not allowed to keep it. So frankly, my gezel biyat kohen. Nema adam yodei shem rafish challah kemach, but shem matana. Why don't we assume that a person knows that a challah doesn't work when it's uh, when 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 you take it as kemach, and therefore it's clearly he's giving it l'shem matana? So says Mar Shani Asim de No, you can't assume that it's l'shem matana that the coin gets to keep it because then it's going to lead to bad things. Because zimne de islu l'koyin pachos mechamish ravan kemach. Maybe the coin will have other flour that's just under the shear of hafrashes challah. Vayalish lebadi adadi. Now he's going to mix in this flour with the other flour that he already has and he's going to knead them all together and he's going to think that he's not chayv in a frashaschala because uh, the, the stuff that he had that would have been chayv is pachos mikshir and whatever he added to be mashed in the shir is already chala so then he's going to come to eat it as tevel he's not going to realize that what he added was in fact really tevel I've, so that's, what, that's, that's why we make the, the coin return that we say it's gezel biyat kohen but didn't we say that a person knows that you can't be mafresh chala kemach so shouldn't he shouldn't the Kohen realize this? Why are we really? Why are we concerned that the Kohen is not going to realize this? Isn't this so fundamental? Isn't this something so basic that everybody knows that you can't be mafresh chalakemach? So it says, the, the knowledge is somewhat limited. He knows that you're not supposed to be mafresh chala when it's still kemach, but But he's not sure of the reasoning for it. He's going to think that it's all because of his own tircha. That why should the Kohen have to bother himself to knead the dough? And as the Kohen, he says, I'm here by Mochel, the Tircha, and therefore let this be Chala. So he thinks that that works, that it's up to him to decide whether it's Chala or not. So says the Why don't we consider it that it is Truma, that it is Chala, and it's just that you can't be, uh, you can't eat the uh, the, the, the uh, item that you were mafresh from until you mafresh Chala mi from somewhere else. Because we do have such a similar idea. Milotnan, didn't the Mishnah teach us if you have uh, plants, if you have vegetables growing in two different flower pots, one of which has a hole on the bottom of it, so it's actually chayiv in shumas ha'maisos, and the other which, uh, of which does not have a hole in the bottom of it, so it's not chayiv in shumas ha'maisos. And you're mafresh from the nakuv al she'enu nakuv, from the chayiv al apater. So the halach is truma, it is truma, but but you need to do another afrash as truma. So why don't we say the same thing over here, that let it count, but that you should have to do another. Uh, that you should have to do another afrasha. Says Mar betray betray money tzayis bechad When there are two different kalim, the kohen will listen to the chachamim. But if it's the same kli, he's not going to listen. Meaning to say, if a person, if a person is mafresh from an atzitz nakov and an atzitz she'eno nakov, those are two separate kalim. So he's going to understand that the afrasha was not chal. So he'll listen to the chum that he's got to be misak in the truma that he was mekabel that even though he got this truma from Israel, he has to realize it's really tevel, it's not really truma, and uh, he doesn't have to give it back because it's, uh, but, but it's really, uh, it's really tevel. But when a person is mafresh chala from kemach, where it's all in one kli, the coin is not going to listen to the chum to be misak in this kemach, and therefore he does have to give it back to the Israel. That's all one approach in understanding our Gemara, is all from the perspective of the Kohen. The Iba Yisema, the second way of understanding is from the perspective of the Israel who's giving. Liolam Kohen Mitzayim 
Mitzvah Tzayis. The Kohen, we have no concerns about. He's going, the Kohen is going to listen to the Chalim, and even uh, with our Frasha of Chalim and Akemach, these Kohenimers, Rizim, Kohenimer, Ksherim, when the Mishnah says that the Kemach is Gezel Biyad Kohen, that he has to give it back, it's not for the Kohen's benefit, but Kasavar Balabais in this it's for the benefit of the Balabais. If the Kohen doesn't give it back, the Balabais is going to say, Great, I did my job. I gave my challah, so I'm done. I don't have to worry about anything. And he's going to come to eat the rest of his uh, flour, and he's not going to realize that it's Tevel. But doesn't everybody know that we're not Marfish challah from Kemach? Yeah, not really. They, they know partially. The Balabais knows that you're not supposed to do this, but then you're there at the summertime, He's going to think it's all because of the Tirch of the coin, but the coin took it. He's not even giving it back. So the Balabais is going to think that obviously it must have counted. Why don't we say, let it be Truma and you have to take Truma again? Don't we have that Mishnah again, the same conversation, but now again from the Balabais' perspective? Why can't we say that let the coin keep the Kemach and the Balabais will realize that yes, that was Truma that the coin gets to keep? But I still have to be mafresh again because I didn't do it correctly. After all, we say that by a case of says no, how kimna betray money that when when will the balabais accept such a pasak? That's when the vegetables came from two different kalim. But over here it's kemach, it's all coming from the same place. He's not going to accept such a psak. Is, is he not going to accept such a psak? If you are mafresh shum and you give it to the coin, it turns out that it was spoiled, it was rotten. So the Allah is the coin gets to keep it, but you do have to be mafresh again. It's all in one clea over there, and he's willing to accept this psak that what he gave is given and counts, but he's going to have to do it again. He did not yet fulfill his chiyuv, even though it's all in one kli. So why by the kemach shouldn't we say the same thing? That if he was mafresh yisasa, if he was mafresh chala kemach, that he should have to do it again, and let the coin keep what he already got. And Sigmar, no, shiny awesome to me, daraisa truma ma'al yehi. In a case where you give rotten vegetables, on a daraisa level, it actually is truma. Like Rabbi Loi taught, how do I know that if you're touring from bad vegetables for good vegetables that it does count as truma Pasuk says that if you do this then you did a terrible Aveira so you may know Kaddosh Nesiyas Chet Lama if it didn't work what's the terrible Aveira you should just give truma again I mean obviously if we're saying that you did a terrible Aveira by giving truma from rotten vegetables obviously you did something that actually counted as truma otherwise you couldn't have done anything too terrible the kasha that the Baleatosos ask over here is there's a famous sugi Masechus Temura called Mil Sadam Rachman Alosavid. Yavad Mahani or Yavad Lamahani. When the Torah says don't do something and you did it, does that mean that you did it? The Torah empowers you to do it. It's just that you're not supposed to do it. Or is when the Torah says don't do something, it means the Torah is taking away your koach to affect it to make it actually work. So if you assume called Mil Sadam Rachman Alosavid Yavad Mahani that when the Torah says don't do something, if you do it, it's actually going to be chal. It's just uh, that you're uh, that you're not allowed to do it. You just violated the uh, the what, what the chacham want. So uh, so if that's the case, 
what, what's the Gemara's uh, question over here? In, in, uh, uh, that, that if it's not a valid truma, then what Avera did he do? I'm sorry, if you assume Lomahani, then what's the Gemara's question that, uh, that what, what Avera did he do if it's not a valid truma? The Avera is like any Avera, that he violated the, the Milsa de Rachmana, he violated what the Torah says. Meaning, whenever we have an Isser, it's not Chal, you can't actually affect it. But still, you're an Avarian because you violated what the Torah says. So, Frektosos, what's the whole right over here? Oh, if the Truma's not going to be Chal, then what's the big Avera? Nothing was Chal anyway. What do you mean nothing was Chal anyway? He violated what the Torah says you're supposed to do. So, uh, the Rishonim work on that question. Tosa Rush suggests that by Truma it's different because you're just moving produce. It's not even that you didn't actually do anything. If you uh, if it, just moving produce from here to there and you, you still haven't done the mitzvah. So, the mitzvah of HaFrash's Truma is still something that you have to uh, you have to go ahead and do okay best we'll pick up from the bottom tomorrow same time same place